Blog Talk Radio. And good evening, everybody, and thank you for joining us here tonight on King Jordan Radio. Tonight we are scheduled to have Eric Snapshot Sims. And he will join us. He is a promoter. He is uh he's been on my hotline. He does it all. Um we'll also talk to uh JJ and uh actually let me bring in JJ. He is our uh wrestling analyst, if you will. Our wrestling insider. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only double J. JJ. Good evening, JJ, and welcome back to King Jordan Radio. How are you? Well, King, uh, great to be on. Like you said, uh, a lot to get into. Always a busy week uh, in wrestling. Uh, it never sleeps. Uh, recap Monday Night Raw. Of course, uh, the W just got their numbers in for the third quarter for the network. So lots to discuss on today's show. Okay, I think we might have Blackjack Brown. Let me see if he's uh, with us. Let's go over to line two. Line two, Black Blackjack or Dominic, is that you? Joe King. All right. Hey, welcome back. What's up, bro? Hey, JJ. Hey, Dominic, man. How you doing? Good How you doing? Hey, doing good, man. Good. Good to be here. Okay, at a quarter after eight, we will have Eric Sims, the manager of the Iron Sheik. He's also been on the Howard Stern Show. He used to be on my hotline. And I know Dominic used to listen to that and crack up, right, Dominic? Yep, yep, without a doubt. Okay, let's see if his phone is working this week. Um, Chicago Sun Time Zone, Black Jack Brown. Good evening, Black. Good. Good evening, Blackjack, My and brother. welcome. My brothers, how are you? King, JJ, Dominic. How you doing, Blackjack? I'm still hearing. I'm hearing some kind of feedback. I hope it, it don't go through like that. Nice. No, oh, we hear you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So far, so. So far, so good. But uh, JJ, I want to start with you. Uh. Well, where do you want to go with first? You had some news on Rey Mysterio, right? Yeah, there was talks that Rey Mysterio was backstage at Monday Night Raw. He was in talks with Vince McMahon. Obviously, the WWE wants to bring Rey Mysterio back. He's been out with an injury for the past several months, and they really want to bring him back to television, despite the fact that his contract did expire earlier this year, but due to his injury, there was a clause in his contract that he had to make up the dates that he missed. So his contract is being automatically renewed until next spring. So whether or not they use him, whether or not he comes back to wrestle, this is what they're trying to decide. I don't know if Ray wants to come back or if he's burnt out, but the WWE immediately would like to bring him back to television. They're trying to get him into their storylines and to bring them back as soon as possible, especially with the launch of the W Network uh, back in August or so. It was available in Mexico. 
of course you're going to want uh, Ray Mysterio as a spokesperson to go and to talk and to promote the network. So they really want to keep Ray Mysterio for as long as they can, while they can. But uh, I'm not sure when we will see Ray Mysterio back inside a WWE ring. Yeah, we are missing a lot of uh, faces. I mean, it looks like they're about to make Randy Orton face if they have not already. Um, Dominic, what's your take on uh, Ray Ray coming back, possibly? That's always good news. I always like Ray Ray. And uh, there was talk he was going back to AAA. There was talk he was going to start teaming up or, or feuding with Alberto Del Rio, El Patron. And uh, he was, I don't know if he was at that, the latest AAA uh, main show that they had. I think he was backstage. Uh, I don't think he wrestled, but uh, Alberto Del Rio did. And I thought there was problems with Mysterio's contract that they really didn't even want him back anymore because he was threatening to leave and he wanted to go other places, maybe work for Jarrett's promotion. But it's always good to see Ray back again. Let's hope he's 100% because he's been getting injured a lot lately, late in his career, and we'll see if he's okay. Unless he's going to be a WWE ambassador and not wrestle anymore. Uh, that, that will be interesting. And, uh, of course, the WWE Network is uh, giving you a chance to air it free. Uh, but you have to, there's a little catch, so you have to sign up and then call and cancel. So it's not like you could get it, no strings attached, free. Uh, you have to sign up with the credit card and uh, cancel it. But in essence, you could have it for, uh, you could have two pay-per-views for $10 is what's going on. And uh, JJ, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Uh, We know they had the third quarter where they annually, you know, back in April, they talked about the network and they had 667 subscribers uh, on about April 7th, and that was just about one month since they launched the network. It happened just before WrestleMania. Of course, WrestleMania was the first major pay-per-view on the network, and then by July, we came towards the second quarter, and they were really hoping to have a lot more numbers by then, and they only really increased about 33,000 uh, subscribers, so they didn't really do as well as they had hoped. Uh, they did get Uh, A lot of additional subscribers, but unfortunately, with the additional subscribers they received, there was also subscribers who canceled. So they only really, like I said, averaged to, they only gained about 33,000. So they had a total from the first quarter and the second quarter to about 700,000 subscribers. And this was only in the United States. It was only available in the U.S. at first. The first two quarters, it was not available in other countries. That would happen later around August. Around August, they were released into about 170 different countries, Spain, Mexico, Canada, New Zealand, Australia. They finally had access to the network. And then from that point to now we come across the third quarter, all those international subscribers have reached about a total of 31,000. So you come from uh, now we have a total of 731 subscribers from the past three quarters. 
Now, again, I think they were hoping to have a lot more. I think they were hoping to get at least in the billions, at least one billions before the year is closed. But, uh, you know, every year, every quarter they try to do something new. During the second quarter, they tried to ask fans for the one-month commitment because when the network launched in April, you were pretty much locked in for that six-month commitment. That's something that I had to go through when I first subscribed back in April or back in March when it launched. They had the six-month commitment where you were you had to pay nine ninety nine and you couldn't break it until the six-month period was over. And then by the second quarter, they decided to do something a little bit different. They want to encourage people to try the network on, so they had a one-month commitment. Although this, this one-month commitment was for nineteen ninety nine. So basically, it's still cheaper than the pay-per-view. So let's say you just wanted the network to just watch your favorite pay-per-view, if it was WrestleMania or SummerSlam or what have you, you could just order the network, try it out for the month, watch the pay-per-view, and really only pay about 20 bucks. which, again, the pay-per-views are about $55 if you're going to order from Comcast or if you're going to order, although DirecTV and Dish dropped the WWE pay-per-view, so really you're stuck with Comcast. So to pay $55 or $20, you were still getting a great deal. And, of course, now, as you just pointed out, during the third quarter, they just announced a no commitment where if you subscribe to the W Network in the month of November, that it is free. They've been going crazy with the hashtag free, 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 although, as you mentioned, they aren't being 100% honest. They're just trying to tell you what you want to hear, that it's free and you can subscribe and it's all great and good. But really, as you pointed out, you do have to sign up. You do have to give your information. You do have to give a valid credit card information. So there's just a little a little catch here. But for the most part, I mean, you do get the month free, and then you get the following month, the pay-per-view, which will be TLC. So, I mean, they're trying new things. They're trying to get people to do whatever they can to subscribe to this network. I mean, if you watch Raw, the announcers kept saying, oh, well, the WWE app, which is free, has about 14 million downloads, and yet the network only has about 730 subscribers. So what they want is they want their WWE app downloads to match their subscribers. So, I mean, again, they only reached about half. They're not really there yet, but, you know, that's what their goal is. If they can get, if you can imagine, 44 million people to subscribe to the network, you times that by 999 uh, a month, I mean, that's, unbelievable they would finally start to make a pretty penny and get where they want to be there's there i wouldn't say they're failing a lot of people are automatically saying oh they're failing they're desperate but a lot of a lot of these uh these networks like hulu like uh you know all these you know netflix they have these same sort of uh specials where they try to entice people and they do these months for free uh programs where they try to encourage people to subscribe to get them hooked so this isn't necessarily anything new, but uh, it is something that they are trying out. They want to encourage people. They are hoping that if you try it out for the month for free, you will be hooked and you will continue to you know buy the network every month and watch their programming, their 24-7 live stream, their video on-demand library, which has over, I don't know, 2,600 hours of footage. You know, every pay-per-view from WWE, WCW, ECW, you have some of the old Raws, some of the old SmackDowns, original programming. They just started to bring Nitro, uh, the old Nitros to the network. 
So they're doing everything they can to make sure people subscribe, stay hooked, and we'll see how it comes out towards, towards the fourth quarter. But, again, these numbers aren't necessarily bad. You know, like I said, a lot of people want to say they're failing. I mean, is it low? Do they want to get higher? Of course. So, you know, from now on, every week, you're going to see them pushing very hard for that WWE Network, uh, especially this month where they're trying to establish that, oh, it's free. You can download, you can get it, and it's free this month. So we're going to be hearing a lot about the WWE Network this month, and I'm sure we'll hear even more about it next month when Christmas comes and they're going to be doing ads saying it's the ultimate gift present for uh, wrestling fans, uh, WWE fans. So there's going to be lots and lots more talk about the WWE Network and 999. So we're going to have to get used to it. Hey, JJ, are you still involved with that? Are you still a, uh, a subscriber? Yes, I'm still a subscriber. I renewed my subscription after my first uh, six months were over. So I'm still watching the network, you know, whenever I get a chance. Of course, I try to keep up with NXT. NXT is the one show I try not to miss on the network that's in original programming. They have lots of shows. Uh, Like I said, another original programming is these Monday Night Wars in which they try to document the history between WWE and WCW and, of course, the Monday Night War and what was going on during that time. And uh, that's an interesting show. Of course, it's by the WWE, so it has the WWE spin on it. But like a show like NXT, which is an original programming, to see these younger guys, guys like the Wyatts and the Shield, who all came from NXT, who have been groomed onto the main roster, uh, it's pretty nice to see guys like Sami Zayn, uh, Adrian Neville. There's so many really talented guys there who are just uh, a real joy to watch. I've heard a lot of people say that NXT is their favorite wrestling show. It's better than Monday Night Raw. You have three hours of Raw or one hour of NXT, and NXT at least you're getting quality wrestling. So NXT is one show I don't miss on the network that I'm happy with. Uh, again, pay-per-views. I pretty much said goodbye with buying pay-per-views the minute uh, the network came out back when it, it, it launched. So I've been uh, saving tremendous, tremendous amount of money. Can you imagine $55 a month, especially there, I think there was one month where they had two pay-per-views, and yet you could watch it on the network, two pay-per-views for just nine ninety-nine. So for me, as a, a lifelong WWE fan, I mean, this is probably the best you can do if you're going to, Watch the pay-per-views if you want to see this original programming. Uh, Last night on Raw, they had a WWE Network exclusive special bonus match that happened after Raw. So if you watched Raw on Monday night after the three hours and you didn't have access to the network, they just crowned a new United States champion. Rusev defeated Sheamus on the WWE Network. It was an exclusive to the network. You couldn't watch it. On uh, the USA Network, you couldn't watch it on YouTube. It was something that you could only see on the WWE Network. And I'm sure they're going to be doing lots more of these special uh, bonus matches that you can only see on the network. They're going to do everything they can to make sure that you tune in and buy and have to watch the network. So yes, what else that, that, that match would be considered a dog match. Well, basically, yeah, like Dominic said, I mean, this sort of replaces what normally if you go to the uh, to see the live events, uh, Monday Night Raw, there's a dark match that only that city can see. 
we can hear about it. People will tweet about it. You'll see spoilers on the dirt sheets talking about it. But we couldn't watch these dark matches. Now, uh, depending if this is something they continue, was this a one-time thing just to try out? I'm hoping we see more of this. But uh, I do think that this will eventually replace the dark matches. And now they'll have these bonus matches that will be exclusive to the network. JJ, have you gone in the area called the Vault? I'm I'm sure I've been on it, but uh, what's your question? Because I heard that that's where all the old school stuff is on, all the different uh, the different territories stuff. Yeah, stuff that's from what there I'm hearing. A place that's, what I'm he- that's what I'm hearing about that. Yeah, I know that they do have some of uh, the older stuff that uh, they have, like documentaries of uh, the AWA. They have some uh, some stuff. If you want to see some of the old school, like old school uh, stuff that is uh, in the vault, like right now I can just uh, take a look and see what's on there. Yeah, they do have, again, ECW is a part of the vault. They have Legends of Wrestling. They have Class of the Champions. They have their Nitro there. Saturday Night Main Event is there. Uh, World Class Championship Wrestling, the Freebirds. You can see a lot of that in the vault section. They have some old-school Madison uh, Square Garden shows in the vault. All right, so that's all right. That answers my question. Wouldn't there be one for you, Dominic? Uh, I don't know. Just for the vault, I don't think so. Yeah, you don't think but so. But the NXT shows, I, I I heard people rave about them. That that's be, it's better than Raw. Yeah. Hey, I JJ, how many hours a day do you be watching the wrestling at the network? You know, believe it or not, I don't watch it that often. When I first got it in, uh, when it launched, of course, I was very anxious. I was very eager to see as much as I could. I really was watching this more than I was watching television. I was on the network trying to see whatever I could, watching old Monday Night Raws, in which I even remember would tell you uh, every time on King Jordan Radio, hey, I just saw Blackjack on an old episode of Raw or at an old WrestleMania pay-per-view. You know, it's like a whole kind of movie to me, brother. It's like a whole <laughs> movie to me, I tell you. Yeah, you can see all of that. You can see Blackjack, he's on the WWE Network. You know, it's pretty cool. Uh, and again, they try to incorporate new programming like Legends House. That was something that I gave it a shot. I watched Legends House with all those guys, and you know, it was very entertaining. Uh, was it something you had to see? You know, no, but if you're an old-school wrestling fan, you grew up watching these guys just seeing them living in, you know, the same house for a short while and just them getting on each other's nerves. I mean, it was it was pretty fun, you know. If you're a fan of just reality shows in general, you're used to, you know, the situations that they put themselves in and they try to bring a lot of drama. They try to get a lot of things, you know, heated up on the show. But, again, it's just the, the programming, the other shows from uh, – they would try to really uh, – emphasize the pre-show on Monday Night Raw and the backstage pass. And they were doing all these kind of special things to encourage people to watch the network. And they were a lot of great programming. And In fact, it's almost too much because you're overwhelmed with just all the hours of wrestling that you could potentially watch, uh, even marathons of pay-per-views. When WrestleMania 30 was, was around the corner and they had these hour blocks of uh, WrestleMania 1 to 29, and you could just watch them and relive them, you know, hour after hour. I mean, it was just, it's, it's pretty amazing. But again, that's just a 24-7 live stream. All those pay-per-views 
are on demand that you can see any time you want. You don't have to just tune in and say, okay, well, what's playing at 7 o'clock? What's playing at 8 o'clock? You could watch it as if it's a normal television network, or you could just watch it whenever you want, and you can start from the beginning of the show to the end of the show. They're trying to incorporate a new sort of save system that I don't know if they'll be debuting by the end of the year, but uh, let's say if you're watching the show and eventually you have to go to work, if you have to pick up your wife or your kids, and you want to you know, shut the show off, not that you won't lose your place. They're trying to come up with a system that saves the spot so that when you watch it again, it just picks up from where you left it. So that's something that they're working on for the future. But, uh, again, there's just so much to watch. Like I said, right now I'm mostly just watching NXT. I try to watch maybe the pre-show to Raw, depending if there's a, a backstage show or a post-show, maybe I'll catch that. They have, of course, uh, this new show that they debuted about the rivalries in which they go over a lot of superstars, you know, most heated rivalries. They have WrestleMania Rewind, which was a, a lot of fun to relive some of the old WrestleManias and just hear the superstars and the current stars talk about these matches and what it meant to them watching it either as a kid or participating in the match and what was going on behind the scenes. So there's just so much to watch. It can, it can really be overwhelming. There you go. And uh, Bleacher, Report, Bleacher Report is reporting that CM Punk has reached a deal with the WWE I have no confirmation on it. I don't know if you heard about that, JJ, but that is the uh, story going on. They must have been telling you for months, King. What have I been telling you? You don't think it's going to happen? You never thought that it was going to happen. I told you. No, no, I learned that nobody retired. Nobody retired. They'll all be back. CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, The Rock, they'll be back. Ray Mysterio Jr., They'll be back. Batista, he'll be back. Batista? Batista, he's, um, after he he's makes that um, appearance in uh, the, bond, the Bond flick, there's some talk of that. Interesting. Let's get into uh, Monday Night as we're waiting for Mr. Eric Sims to call in. Monday Night Raw, JJ, what was your thoughts? Well, you know, Monday Night Raw is like usual. You have your highs, you have your lows. Again, this was a very authority-heavy episode. You saw a lot of them, a lot of, of uh, you know, them just talking about the upcoming Survivor Series, which, again, as I pointed out uh, last week, you know, I criticized the WWE for not taking enough time to promote the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. They took one week to promote the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, and now the minute the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view was over, immediately they're talking about Survivor Series. They're getting ready. It's one of the biggest pay-per-views for them, the big original four. So I was very happy to see them start early talking with Survivor Series last week. And, of course, now this week we get a big surprise, and Vince McMahon, the boss himself, the CEO, comes out and and institutes a new sort of stipulation to the classic traditional Survivor Series matchup that will feature Team Authority versus Team Cena. And what will happen is, should Team Authority lose, then Team Authority, the authority in general, Triple H and Stephanie, will lose all authority. 
So this is something that's got a lot of people talking, whether or not the authority has had their run, whether or not we've seen the last of them. I mean, they've been a part of WWE television fixture TVs for the last year, ever since Daniel Bryan uh, won the WWE Championship at SummerSlam and Triple H screwed him over. They brought Stephanie back from who was hiding behind the scenes. She became a new sort of television character. She was back again. We haven't seen her in years. And now she's back. Triple H took a more prominent role as the sort of co or one of the principal owners of the company. So we've been seeing them every week, every week, sort of run the show, on you know, start the show, end the show, in the middle of the show, have everything to do with the show, and it's, it's basically become their show for the last year. So the idea that maybe, maybe the authority will disband, they'll be you know broken up, and they'll lose their position of power. It's got fans excited that maybe finally will be something fresh and new. So uh, you know who would replace the authority? You know whether or not they bring back a general manager position. Who knows? It, it's all something we'll figure out uh, as time goes on. But it's got people talking, which, you know, is good. And it's got people hopefully excited about what they may or may not see at Survivor Series. Okay, here is our featured guest of the evening. He uh, used to come on my hotline back in the 90s. he uh been on the Howard Stern Show. He, uh, he just did a video with his grandmother. He's an agent with uh, the Iron Sheik and other legends, and he is a legend himself in this wrestling business. I'm talking about the one and only Mr. Eric Sims. Good evening, Eric, and welcome to King Jordan Radio. How are you, pal? All right. Hey, Jordan. How are you? King Jordan, pleasure to be on uh, the King Jordan Radio show. Uh, had a, had a blast doing it back in the 90s, and uh, looking forward to... Uh, you know, you know, uh, today. Well, you're on with some old and new faces. First of all, Dominic Valente's on the line. Black Brown. How you doing, man? Ah, uh, Dominic Valente, another 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 legend in the in the business. I haven't talked to Dominic in forever. Yeah, last time I saw you was at the convention at uh, Bruno was there and Flair was there. The one they had in Queens. Yeah, many, many, yeah, a couple, yeah, a couple of years ago, absolutely. Yep, yep, absolutely. And you remember Black Dominic Dominic the hotline too. Yep. Uh, uh, something back in the something back in the nineties when all that stuff was very hot back then. Yep, still going strong with it too. Oh, fantastic! Fantastic. And we got Blackjack Brown here. Blackjack, remember Eric, of course. Good. 
Eric, uh, let me ask you, uh, let's get right to the meat and potatoes of it. Tell me how the experience uh, with... Uh, Speak slow and clearly so I can understand your questions. Okay, your experience on the Howard Stern Show with Cheeky. Oh, well, you know, uh, you know, she did, you know, I- I'm sure you've seen all the shoot videos of she going crazy and stuff. You know, so somehow that materialized as us going on to the Pharrell show, which is on the, uh, which was on the Howard Network on the evening, the evening show, because he was at him in town to plug uh, a convention we were going on, and she just went to town. I mean, just went nuts, uh, and they, they they enjoyed it so, so much that they got the tapes over to Howard. I got a call, I don't know, maybe uh, two weeks later from Will, one of the producers of the show, said, hey, we want Sheik on the show. So I set it up where, you know, I set it up for the next time he was in town that the Sheik would go on, and then, you know, you know, they played clips to him and this and that, and, you know, once we got on, it was magic, you know, and he, you know, I took me a little while to get into the studio. I think I got in the second or third time I got into the studio. You know, it takes a while for me to figure out that me and him are the act. He's just not the act himself. It's me and him feeding off of each other, which makes, you know, our relationship magic. You know, it works, works well. And, you know, basically I was just using the Stern Show to, like a stepping stone for others, you know, for other projects. And, you know, we got Killers of Comedy that came out of that and, you know, I I was in talks with you know reality shows. Uh, nothing ever materialized from it, but I was I was actually in talks with them to actually do something with the, you know, for a reality TV. And how is uh, Mr. Sheik as we speak right now? Spoke to Sheik uh, last week. He sounded he sounded okay. His knee, knee and ankle are bad. He doesn't do many appearances anymore. Actually, he was just in New York City. Uh, Last week they did a, did a, some kind of a comedy roast over at the Caroline's Comedy Club. Oh, okay. He just did a little spin on the opening the opening and Jim show on the Sirius XM. And uh, do you have any upcoming uh, shows that you want to mention? Well, yeah, I got a big show this Friday night. Uh, what is the date this Friday night? November seventh. Superstars of Wrestling Live. That's over at the Knights of Columbus in Spotswood, New Jersey. Um, I got X-Pac on the show. I have uh, Big Vito on the show. All these other talent that's going to be there includes uh, Pitbull Gary Wolf, who's the ECW original, uh, and Ken Shamrock, the, you know, from UFC and WWE, the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. He'll be there signing autographs as well. And then uh, that's, that's, a good, that's a good array of talent there. And then this Saturday, the big event comes to uh, Queens, New York, and you know you got about you got about sixty different talents that are going to be there, including Sting, Mick Foley, Kurt Angle, uh, Scott Hall, the Steiner Brothers, uh, uh, Alberto Del Rio, and a bunch of bunch of other uh, other talents, including X on X Pac there as well. So. A lot, of, a lot of good, a lot of good stuff coming up there. You know, a lot of, a lot of good talent there. So, if you're in the area, come, come support, uh, come support. Let me get my notes here so I can tell you exactly where it's at. Cause I don't even know, where, I don't even know where it's at. Hold on, hold on one second. Okay. So it's at the, let's see, at the LaGuardia Plaza Hotel on uh, 10404 Dittmar's Boulevard in Flushing, New York. It's right across the street from LaGuardia Airport. So if you're in the area, come, 
come and uh, come and support that convention. Runs from about like ten to two. Ten to two, absolutely. And uh, you'll have uh, X Park there, like you said, and the promoter run show, of course, a good friend of mine. Um, so uh, I'm glad to see that he's still doing shows. And uh, I think you were at the last one he did, right? No, I have. I haven't been to the last couple shows. This is my first time back in about a year or so. I took some time off from that uh, from that convention uh, for certain other interests. But now, now I'm back, now I'm back, and uh, you know, looking forward to coming back and seeing some old friends and doing some business. Weren't you just you know, recently on a uh, Legends of the Ring? You were on a poster. I remember seeing that. Yeah, that's my promotional. That's my promotional poster. I I promote. You know, I'm you know I'm a great self promoter. So I you know I have my 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 I have a poster or there was a business card and you know an advertisement thing and you know just basically shows off like some of the talent that I have available. Plus, uh, you know, just let people know they're available for any sorts of appearances. Now that I can convey the message to you, that was an awesome-looking poster, man, with you on it. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> and, uh, of course, Eric has a great website, which is ESSpromotions.com. Am I right, Eric? Yes, no BS with ESS. Yes, uh, we had a honky-tonk with here and Jim Powers. And they have nothing but love for you. Well, thank you. There's a couple great, there's a couple great talents. You know, Honky Tonk Man's, uh, you know, one of the great legends of this business, and uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, uh, you know, hell of, hell of an act. And uh, you know, Jim Powers is a good, another, another good, another good, another good act that uh, doesn't get around, doesn't get around too much, and does, probably doesn't get enough credit, enough credit. But you know him, you know he, you know he's a hell of a talent. Lucio's great. I always like Little Guido. Little Guido too is another, 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 another good talent that doesn't. Uh, I don't think gets enough credit credit for what what he's done in this. Nah, year. he doesn't. He doesn't. He's, a, he's, a, he's another. He's another good. Another good hand, and you know, he's a good teacher, and you know, can show all the young generation what what to do in the ring. Yep. Too cold, Scorpio too. Ah, uh, he's another great one. Scorpio is another one that's another underrated guy that doesn't get a lot of work up in the shed, but man, he's a, he's a hell of a worker. How long is uh, your friend Dennis Coluso gone, Eric? Dennis died in 2001, so it's now 2014. So you're, you're looking at good uh, 13 years already. Wow, 13 years. Wow. I was with, I was with him the day before he died. He was at. Uh, we were up at a convention up at the Meadowlands somewhere that Saturday. That uh, I that Saturday on a Saturday. Uh, on Sunday, on Sunday he died. I found out on Monday when I was traveling to Florida. You know, I you know I got the call once I got off the plane. Uh, you know, in Florida, that, you know that he passed away. So it's like you know, glad to see him the day before he died. But it's very sad that he passed that he passed away. He was one of the great legends of this business for promoting. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, just to step away from wrestling, you put up a phenomenal video with you and your grandmother. And uh, can you tell my audience uh, a little bit about that video and a little background? Well, I, well, 
Well, I, I've, done, I've done a lot of videos with my grandmother. My, my grandmother back about, I think, uh, about four, almost 14 years now. She was involved in a horrendous accident. Uh, she was going to the airport to pick up my sister uh, and her now her now husband. The flight got delayed, so she you know she wanted you know, the plane came in around three o'clock in the morning as she was driving to the airport. Uh, some drunk kid hit her from behind, she spun, went over the highway, fell forty feet into the Florida what they call mangrove, you know you would not call you would know it as a swamp, but we call it, they call it down there a mangrove. So she was stuck on her on her side in the Florida swamps in the hot August heat. For seventy nine hours before she got she got found and she got found alive, and you know they took her to the hospital and you know she said she survived and it was uh, just a weird, just a weird thing. So like I try to do a lot of um, a lot of uh, a lot of video with her to it's like you know she's like she's a hero of mine. Big, you know you talk about survivor on television. She's a real she's a real life survivor and you know, I put her up against any of those people on those islands any day and try to try to survive try to survive that. You know, she just turned you know, this past October, a month actually one month ago, October third, she turned ninety eight years old and she's still she's wow. still going. That was my channel two on that morning show on the uh what's that, the, on the Today show. I remember seeing that. That's right. We were, we did the Today show, uh Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day. She, uh, yeah. they, you know, they, you know they, they, we stayed up in uh, New York at the uh, uh, one of the one of the hotels on Central Park uh, South over there. I think the Essex House or something over there. Then they took us over to the studio and um, who the hell interviewed us there? Uh, Ann Curry did the interview. So it was pretty. Yep. It was pretty good. It was very nice. They, they were very nice to us, and they, you know, they, uh, you know, they, they treated us well. That's great. That's great. May she live uh, did, as long as possible. She did. She did a lot of. Um, she did a lot of uh, like press and stuff. You know, right when the accident happened. You know, ABC, NBC, CBS, CBS. All the morning, all the morning shows had her. Uh, so you know, oh, listen, yeah. it was good. It was a. It was a. It was a, it was a good period in our lives. On a sad occasion, you know that uh, it was a. You know, turned into a good occasion because she survived and. You know, we got to do a lot of media. She, you know, she was in the People magazine, and uh, oh, got a bunch of the uh, like reality, like uh, Waldo Rivera had her on one of the shows, and Sally Jesse Raphael had her on on a show. Uh, who else? Uh, the, the pumpkin head. What's her name? Um, uh, Ricky Lake. Huh? No, 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 no. No, no, no. What the hell's what the hell's her name? Um, Jenny Jones. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, she's a New York, New York based TV. Uh, oh my God, I, I'm so. You know, Rolanda Watts. Who? Rolanda Watts. No, 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 no. White lady. Yeah, uh, what the hell's her name? She's black and white. Black and white. It's a white, a white lady. Heavy set. Ricky Lake. No, not Ricky Lake. The other one. The other one. There's she's not many much dead. more. She's uh she's um uh, uh, I don't really get it. She's gay. I just forget that. I slipped in my mind. Oh, uh, Ellen. No, not Ellen. The other one. Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, we did Rosie. We did the Rosie O'Donnell. I'm sorry. I apologize. I just slipped my slipped my slipped my it slipped my mind. You know. You know. I, you know. Listen. Maybe one 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 of my knocks to the idea. I can't remember everything. <laughs> 
Rosie O'Donnell. I, I, I call I call it pregnancy brain. My wife is my wife is pregnant. I'm expecting my first child, and somehow I'm I'm, ca- I'm catching I'm catching her uh, what we call pregnancy brain. There you go. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell oh, seems to slip out everybody's mind. Yeah, yeah, it was good. She was very nice to us, and it was very, uh, you know, it was a great, it was a great thing. They, uh, she gave a, uh, she sent my grandmother and my mother along with some friends to uh, Las Vegas for five days. It was fantastic. Unbelievable. Uh, do you have the network, Eric? No, I don't. That would be the end of my marriage if I had the network. <laughs> um, have you been keeping up with the current state of the WWE? And if so, what's your thoughts on it? Not as close, not as close as I'd like to. Even though I like, you know, the, they got the scene, not the scene of the Orton turn coming. I'm a big fan of Bray Wyatt. I love, I love everything they're doing. I love everything they're doing with the with the with Bray. Even though he's on a break now, but uh, everything they've done with the Wyatt family, you know, I'm just a big. Uh, a big fan, a big fan of that. Dean uh, uh, Ambrose is coming into his own and uh, doing real good. He's a hell of a talent. Seth Rollins, a hell, hell of a talent. Uh, you know, they got a lot of great stars working for them. It's just they're not. I don't think they're. I, I just don't think they're getting pushed the right. You know, the way they should be pushed. But a lot of those, I think a lot of those guys should be more of a superstar than they are. Not, not to take anything away because they're hell of a talents. I just like, you know, I'm waiting for the next Austin or Rocky, the next big breakout star with these, with these guys. And I know, I know some of them have have the potential. I just, it's, but it's not somehow they're being held back, or it's just not being brought out. And you know, I'm just waiting for the next big breakout star to come out. Uh, what about CM? What about CM Punk? He, he's going to be coming back uh, soon, sooner than people think. Uh, what do you think about him? You think he can do it? I think CM Punk's a hell of a talent. Uh, you know, if uh, it's basically if they give him the ball and they let him do, you know, let him do what they, you know, what he has to do, I think he can get over. He was over before, and I think he'll get. I think he can get over again. You know, I mean, it's very hard to create like an Austin or a Rock or a Foley. You know, it's like, you know, those are like very special people. You know, but it's, you know, I'm just waiting to see, you know, someone, you know, truly break out and be like that next, that next big thing. No question I mean, about it's it. When they, it's something when they still bring back The Rock and he can turn the, uh, the whole program, uh, give them aid for the whole show. You know what I'm saying? He was well, a top well, of the well, night. Well, he well, came that's, back and that's, that's, exactly what, that's exactly what I'm saying. If you, when you bring back all the nostalgia acts, the, you know, the, the acts that have been there before, people go crazy because they, they love seeing what they see, you know, what they've seen seen before. People people are smarter today than they were yes uh you know yeah uh, uh yesteryear. So it's like it kinda of, you, you gotta work a little harder to uh you know impress the fans now or you know get the fans going now because it's not you know back then it was easy. You know, you know they just you know wrestling business has changed so much that it's uh you know it's just a whole a whole different business. I think exactly. a lot of the problem is, you know, uh everybody wrestles, nobody works. If people truly knew how to work, I think the business would go up and there'd be you'd be huge superstars. Uh, no question. No question. And, that, and, that's, and, that's, and that's what's killing the independent circuit also. You know, you got a lot of great young hungry talent on the independent circuit that could that it, guys could really go, but the problem is they wrestle. They don't work. 
if they learn how to work, you know, slow down, to, you know, tell a story of psychology and truly, you know, perfected that that portion of the craft, this business will be good with us sell we have sellouts every uh every time you go anywhere. Yeah, I I'll give you I'll give you an I'll give you an example. You're a promoter, you but you you put a show together. You draw I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna throw a number out there. It's not an actual number, but I'm just gonna throw an actual number out there. Uh, a number out there. So say fifty fans show up. I, I know people draw more, people draw less. Just say just call fifty fans for, for number's sake. Okay? Now, if the talent you have there uh doesn't help bring for the next time you run fifty two people to your show or a higher number, pretty soon you're gonna be out of business because the whole idea is to Build a fan base and and get more people, you know, more people to, into the into your uh, into your buildings. So you know you got to put a good product on, and you got to have people come back. If they don't come back, you're out of business. You don't have a job. Promotion shuts down. What about TNA, Eric? Are they going to go out of business? I don't think TNA will go out of business. I just think you know, uh, from from everything I'm, I'm hearing and talking to people, you know, things are so. Starting to improve and stuff in TNA. The problem I see is that I don't see. I don't. You know. I don't. I'm not drawn to TNA. I, I don't know why. I mean, it's just I'm not. Nothing against the product. Nothing against the talent. Who are some? You got some fantastic talent over there that really works hard and stuff. I just don't think they're marketable. And and, uh, and to be marketable. You you know you got the creative team or the marketing team needs to do a better job. So the in-house the in-house staff needs to do a better job at marketing their wrestlers or, or producing their wrestlers. If the wrestlers alone have all the talent, they're ter- they're terrific. They you know they're you know t- it takes a lot of skill and guts and stuff just to get in the ring. I've gotten in the ring. It's all you know you got to know what you're doing in there. It's it's it's, it's not easy. Uh, no question, and uh, they don't have AJ Styles anymore. He does the indies, right? Well, AJ's on the independent circuit, and he's he's a hell of a ta- he's a hell of a talent. He, he was with the company a very long time, and you know did a lot of good work for the company, and you know worked <laughs> worked worked hard for the company. Uh, but you know, listen, there's a lot of other great talents that are that are in there also that can help, you know. I mean, but they gotta they gotta be marketed and 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 uh and showcased the right way in order to get over. Samoa Joe. That's a good talent right there, Samoa Joe is. Yeah, Samoa Joe's Joe, excellent. Joe's, I think he'll be Joe's, very uh, Joe's been around a long time and Joe, you know, Joe's a Joe's Joe's a, Joe's a great talent. I would market him a little bit differently, but you know, again, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, in, I'm not in, you know, I'm not in control over there. But, uh, you know, I mean, Joey, Joey, got to make it to a monster and have him like, you know, just, just beat everybody because he's a big guy. He's bigger than, you know, he's bigger than all the, all the guys there. You know, a lot of the guys there. You know, a lot of the guys like a lot of the lightweight cruiserweights. You know, they're good, but you need some big men in there that can, you know, that can go. You need some heavyweights in there that can, that can actually wrestle or work and just. Do you know do do their thing? You know. Now, uh, did you see WrestleMania? And if you did, what was your thoughts about uh, the Undertaker losing that streak? Well, I thought I, I was in shock, just like everybody else. You know, you know, I expected the streak would never end, but it's you know, I guess the streak had to end, and uh, you know, uh, you know, I think Brock was the only man to to be able to do it because he's a legit, you know, he's a legit badass. He's a 
he's big, he's you know, he's solid, you know, you're not gonna have one of the under you know you know, one of the under you know, under guys, you know, he's not gonna put over one of the under guys. He's gotta put over he's gonna put over someone that could that you know, in the people's eyes that could possibly beat him. Even though nobody wanted that because, you know, for the nostalgia purposes, everybody wanted you know, the feel good purposes, everybody wanted to see the Undertaker win and go undefeated. So but listen, everything changes. No question. How did the Iron Sheet take the news of the Ultimate Warrior passing away? Well, he was just, uh, you know, he said he's sorry to hear that the Warrior passed away. And, you know, it's just, you know, listen, no matter, no matter how how much uh, good or bad, when someone, when someone passes away, you know, it's time to end everything and just move forward, you know? You 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 wish them well, you wish them well, and you know, or you know, you say your prayers and your condolences, and then you move forward. I totally agree with you on that one. Totally agree with you on that one. Yeah, you know, um, you've got to remember the good stuff instead of the bad stuff, and hopefully the good outweighs the bad. And you know, look at the legacy that the Ultimate Warrior left, and you know, listen, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm sure the listening audience knows that uh, the Ultimate Warrior and Sheik had a little uh, run-in, and uh, but like you said, uh, when somebody passes, you put that to uh, you put that to rest. Now, uh, Paul Heyman, um, what do you think of his act? Uh, you know, being Brock Lesnar. I think, I think uh, Paul Heyman is one of the greatest minds in wrestling. I think. Paul Heyman is a, you know, basically when I see Paul Heyman on the television now, I mean, he's, he's very, you know, I'm glued to the TV set when I listen to Paul Heyman because Paul Heyman is uh, very entertaining and it's just, that's just, you know, that's the way I see it. I mean, it's just, you know, Paul's, uh, you know, Paul's a, Paul's a good, Paul's a good, put a hand in a good act. Uh, yeah, no question. And uh, next year's Hall of Fame, uh, any ideas or any suggestions? Maybe Randy Savage? Okay, good, good idea. I'd like to see Ivan Koloff go in. I think he deserves it. I'd like to see Pedro Morales go in. I think he deserves it. Uh, Pedro was already in. What's that? I thought Pedro was inducted already. Oh, was he? I don't know. You see, I don't, I, you see, you see how well I keep up with this stuff. That's okay. Uh, I think they should have put the Grand Wizard in a long time ago. I mean, I'd like to see King Kong Bundy go in, even though he won. I'd like to see Honky Tonk go in. Uh, I'd like to see, you know, well, Sergeant Rolfus, you know? Brutus Beefcake. Brutus Beefcake, I'd like to see go in. I'd like to see Demolition go in. You know, you know. A lot, of my, a lot of my friends, I like to, I like to see him get the Hall of Fame, you know, but it is what yeah, it is. No Ming, Ming, Haku. Yeah, that's, that's another one. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Ming and Haku. And uh, you still have uh, merchandise uh, available Eric? I, I, really don't, I, really don't, I really don't sell merchandise anymore. I mean, I have some autographs that I, you know, Occasionally, I sell. I give away to charities and stuff, but I don't have. I don't do. I'm not in the merchandise business anymore. 
I mean, I, did, I saw pictures of photo-offs of the talent at the wrestling shows, but the, no T-shirts, action figures, or like, things like that. I don't, I'm, not in, I'm not in that business anymore. Oh, okay. So what is the primary business that you're in? I do ta- I'm, I'm a talent coordinator. I book talents for different promotions. Are you enjoying this part of your life more than you did when you were on my hotline in the 90s? Uh, yeah, well, listen, I'm older now. I'm 45 years old. Uh, you know, things change. I'm trying to mature with this business. Uh, you know, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep up to date. You know, uh, I did the merchandise. I did, I did every aspect. Now I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying, you know, doing the aid, being an aid, you know, doing the agent work and doing, uh, you know, just, you know, going to shows with talent and just doing that and helping different promotions out and, you know, all that, all that type of stuff. So, you know, you know, it's all to me, it's all good. What's your take on this, uh, on the uh, computer stuff, these Twitter plots and tweets and stuff like that? You, you like any of that stuff? I mean, me and Dominic, we still we still have a rough time dealing with that stuff. I know I do. Yeah, what I don't do none of that. Well, here, here's, here, you know, here's how I look at it. Social social media is a, is a hot new medium right now for, uh, you know, for to this, this generation. You could you you could communicate with people in in a sec in in a second. So on that aspect, it's very it's very it's very good. When you're trying to promote a wrestling show and you're in New Jersey and someone in Ashkai, Wisconsin sees your sees your posting, they're not coming to your fucking show. Okay, they're not coming. You know, you gotta hope that they'll maybe buy a DVD or something to get interested in your in your in your product. But you know, I'm old, I'm an old school guy. I I think door-to-door, you know, go to town, put the posters up in the town, get, get a good relationship in the town, that type of thing. I think that works great. The social media is, all, you know, it's a necessary evil of the business. You know, you got to use it, too, to communicate with a fan, with a fan base. You know, just hopefully you have a, enough of a local fan base that, that follows you that will come to your shows and stuff. So, what about this yeah. stuff, this Google stuff and, and stuff like that? They can find out a, a, about you. It's so personalized, like, you know what I'm saying? It's, like, invasive to me, way well, more invasive uh, than welcome anything. To the world of, welcome to the world of technology. You know, this is, this is, what, this makes, this is what today's society is, okay? You, know, just, you just got to deal with it and be smart about it. So, you know... You only put out, you only put out what you want people to know about you. If you don't want people to know something about you, don't put it out there. There you go. <laughs> but uh, it's only going to get bigger. Yeah. Well, listen, it's, we're in a technology age, and this is what it is. This is what it is. The social media, you know, era. So just embrace, you got to embrace it and just you know just go with the flow. Do you still have a, a Polaroid camera? Yeah, well, but yeah, I, I I have a modern thing. It's called Fuji Instac. It's a it's still an Instamatic, but it's the the modern version of the Polaroid called Fuji Instac camera. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. So uh, again, most every most every most everybody wants to do the digital stuff, and that you know I'm I'm cool with that and stuff. But uh, again. Okay, uh, let's go over the dates again. Of course, uh, Friday, uh, you mentioned your uh, shows coming up uh, over the weekend. I have a ton of shows coming up. You can go, you can click, check everything out on on uh, my website. It's ESSpromotions.com. This weekend, X-Pac, uh, Superstar of Wrestling in Spotswood, 
big event in Queens, New York. Next weekend, Sabu's in town for me for a whole bunch of whole bunch of dates uh, from uh, New Jersey to Pennsylvania to Long Island. We'll be all we'll be all over the place. How is Sabu? So it's all it's How? all uh, you know it's all, it's all it's all good. Everything's good with Sabu. Okay. Good, yep. Everybody, everything is good with Sabu. Looking forward to seeing him. I haven't seen him in a little, in a in a while. So you know, looking forward to seeing him shortly. Uh, so it's all it's all good. If you remember, send yeah. him my regards. I certainly will. We go way ES, back from the beginning. At ESS three sixteen, you're on Twitter, right? That's good. Follow me on That's Twitter at ESS three sixteen. Like me on Facebook, ESS Promotions LLC, uh, and my private ES, my private uh, page on uh, Facebook is um, Eric Sims. Uh, what else? I'm on YouTube at ESS three sixteen. Uh, I'm on. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I'm everywhere you, I'm everywhere you need me to be. I, I, you can, you can connect with me. You're on Instagram well, too, right? I uh, Instagram at ESS three sixteen. Yep. Wow, you're doing a lot of stuff. But uh, I, thanks I am, a lot. I, I, I am all over the place. Remember, it is no BS with ESS and uh, www.esspromotions.com. And thank you for having me on the air with you. Yeah, it was a pleasure having you, Eric. Uh, we haven't been on the show together in years, and uh, I want to thank you for coming on for a few minutes. I appreciate it. Yeah, brother Eric brings back a lot of memories. I tell you, uh, I, I I love Blackjack. He's a he's a good, good old school friend. Am I going to be at the big event this weekend? No, I'm in I'm in uh, Michigan right now. Are you anywhere near that the the, the, the um, hardcore porn place in Detroit? Oh yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable this guy. It's like uh, this guy. Uh, uh, what he did was wasn't cool of how he murdered his wife. But I'm telling you, he got he, he had a, some hell of a life there, bro. Who gold? American jewelry alone. Oh, that's who you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, okay. What, what about it? Yeah, that, that's not too far for me. That, that the goals, the goals are, are very nice. Nice people. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, you know, I'm a big fan of that program. It, it, it's amazing. They're gonna come back. I think in, in December. They're filming shows now. Some new shows. Awesome. Very good. I'll be looking. I'll be. I'll be. I'll be glued to the television set. Yes, yeah, Seth. Uh, he, he's a cool guy. He likes wrestling. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Right. I gotta come. I gotta come to Detroit and meet him. So you, <laughs> you know, if the fans want to see you on Howard Stern, they can type in Howard Stern. I, I, yes, I'm not gonna, there's probably not. I'm not. Probably won't be back on Howard Stern anytime soon. What? What did you do? Well, I didn't do anything. I just not, not me. It's just like they don't. They don't want the sheik. You know, she had a bad outing the last time he was on five years ago. So it's like they're like he's already overdone his uh already overdone his welcome type thing. Oh my god. How was the how was Robin? You you met her, right? Robin is beautiful, nice lady. And Gary uh Delamonte? 
Yeah, everybody was everybody was good. You know, they're all you know. Listen, it's the Howard Stern show. You know, I mean, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> they used to call you the Howard Stern of wrestling. You remember in the nineties? <laughs> well, okay, Eric. Well, things change. Things change. I, I'm going to be a father now. I got I got I got a baby girl on the way. Oh, good luck with that. Good luck thank with you, that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I have to go to bed now. You know, you know, I'm getting older and I have to get up for work early in the morning, you know, so I, I need to get my beauty rest. All the best. Right. You're still trying to work on that, huh? <laughs> What's that? You're still trying to work on that. Yeah, I got to work on it. All right, very good. No BS with ESS, and uh, catch me on the social media somewhere. Check the website out, ESSpromotions.com. Jordan, how many how many people listen to this Stockton radio program? Uh, we got a couple thousand listening. Oh, you yeah, don't know? How many? It, it depends. It depends when we have a talent when, when we have talent on, we have more listeners. You know, oh, no, we don't I, have I, any... I'm sure that, I'm sure with my interview here, I'll be decreasing listenership. <laughs> We always do. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Take Bye. care, Eric. Okay, that was Eric Sims. <laughs> okay, uh, I sent a blackjack this video. I really want to play it. It is funny. Teddy Long talking about drugs uh, that he scored for the Macho Man. Hilarious. Let's take a listen and talk about it. I'm interacting at all with Macho Man Randy Savage. Macho Man Randy Savage. Yes, man. I, I, I'll give you this story. <laughs> I guess we can tell this. I'll give you this story. Way back in the day, it was NWA then. Uh, okay. Randy was not a Macho Man then. He was just Randy Savage. So Randy Savage and Dick Slater were together. Okay. So they came to, in Atlanta. We was taping at the old PBS studios. Okay, back in the day, Gordon Foley was around and everything. So Randy and uh, Slater wanted some weed. So <laughs> they knew I was the local guy. You know, I lived in Atlanta. You know, they came to me and asked me about it because I was hanging around the TV station. So I said, okay, no problem. So I took Randy, me, Randy, and Dick Slater. We went over to the West End is what they called it, and we went over to get some weed. So we we meet this guy. And we get in the car with this guy. And so when we get in the car, I think Slater, Randy's sitting in the front, and Slater's sitting in the back behind the guy. So when we get in the car to get the weed from the guy, the guy pulls out another bag, and he says to us, he says, hey, look, man, he says, I got everything. I got the Coke, too. So he has this big bag of Coke and this big bag of weed. So next thing I know, I look around, I look, and I see uh, Randy turn around, and he looks at Dick, I know. Randy was in the back, that's right, and Slater was in the front. So Randy turns around, looks at Dick's, uh, Slater turns around and looks at Randy. And the next thing I know, Randy hooks this guy in the sleeper. He puts him in the shoot sleeper. He puts this guy in the sleeper. We put this guy out, put him to sleep in his car, we left him and took all of his throats. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> 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 I was right there. Oh, oh yeah. 
<laughs> so Randy was a great guy, man. I love Randy, man. And I had a chance to see Randy, you know, after that. You know, I met him and I told him, I said, Randy, you remember this, Randy? He just died. And he had me go around the locker room and tell that to everybody. Wow. The million-dollar question that everybody has is, why isn't Randy Savage in the WWE Hall of Fame? Do you have, do you have anything to add to that? Well, no, I, I, I don't know, you know, because, you know, you never know who they're going to put in the Hall of Fame, you know. You just have to wait and see, you know. I, I'm I'm pretty sure Randy will be inducted. There's no way they can continue to have the Hall of Fame and not put in a bunch of man. Jesus Christ, he's a big, big he's a bigger track than his Hogan was in the WWE. Yep. Amen to that. JJ, what's your take on that? Oh, man, what a story. It just goes to show you how the wrestling business you know, changed over the years. I mean, I'm sure, you know, that story with Savage and Teddy Long and, of course, the legendary stories of, you know, Ric Flair, the Four Horsemen, and all the, the guys back in the day and the stories on the road and just uh, all kinds of crazy stuff that went on. But uh, then you look at today, and what's what's maybe the craziest thing that guys do today? You know what? Maybe they're on their iPhones, they're they're tweeting, they're they're playing video games. I mean, wow! It's just uh, the wrestling business sure has changed a lot. But uh, what a story, man! With with Savage putting the guy in a sleeper <laughs> hole, knocking him out, and stealing the drugs. Holy shit! That that's <laughs> what a story, man! Wow. Dominic, what do you think? That was a great story. You can't get a better trio than that. Dick Slater, Macho Man, and Teddy Long. That had to be one of the funniest things. I wish I was sitting there with them. I'd have laughed my ass off. Put the sleeper in that poor bastard and took all his shit. I love it. If that would have been in today's day and time, you would have seen that videotape. Somebody would have taped that on yep. off their phone or something. Yeah, That's it would have been on YouTube. Teddy Long also uh, was discussing racism in pro wrestling. Let's take a listen. I, I saw oh, yeah, the Legends of Wrestling broadcast with you, and it was the Legends of Wrestling Soul. And you made some comments there about Ole Anderson and how Ole Anderson treated you when you were referee some of the matches there. I just kind of wanted to ask you about, you know, I've heard some stories about race relations at WCW back in the day, but what did you experience there in WCW as far as being a black man in the good old boy organization? Well, you know, I, I, I experienced a lot of, well, not a whole lot, but I did have some racism going on there. You know, Ole Anderson, you know, like I said, I, he, it just wasn't, he wasn't just about being racist against blacks. He was just, he, he didn't like his, his race either. He didn't like anybody. But with the experience that I got with him, only you know, if he knew your name, he still wouldn't call you by your name. He would, you know, call you the N-word. So I know one time I was in a ring with him, uh, a referee, and so he was in the corner, and I tapped him on the back to ask him, you know, to get out of the corner, and he looked around and told me, uh, Ian, don't put, your, don't put your hands on me. So, you know, that kind of frightened me. I mean, I didn't know what was going on. I'm just trying to do my job. And for, him, for me to experience something like that, it was just, it was, it, it kind of it scared me to death. And then I had another bad experience with superstar Bill Dundee. He was in Elberton, Georgia one night. I was a referee. And uh, I don't remember what happened, but I know uh, just all of a sudden, you know, uh, Bill Dundee just yelled out, you know, nigger. Don't you see what's going on? But he yelled it out real loud. You know, and all the people, you know, there are a lot of, People there, and they, or the white people, you know, back then, they, you know, they were stunned. They didn't laugh about it, you know. They just couldn't believe that 
but some of them could, but a lot of people that just couldn't believe that he would go out something like that. So, you know, I, I, I had my, my, my share of stuff. You know, I've been, I remember having a talk with Jim Hurd um, one time about, the, you know, my status and what was going on with me there. And at the time, I think Rick Flair was doing, the, he was the booker there. And so Jim Hurd came to me and told me my, right to my face, you know, he said, well, Rick Flair doesn't like you. So that's the, that's the bottom line. And uh, that was the time that me and Undertaker went in and talked to uh, him. And Undertaker was ready to go. I think Ole Anderson had told the Undertaker that he would never draw a dime. He had red hair. He wouldn't make a dime that he offered him a real low amount of money. So after that, uh, me and Taker went in. Taker talked to Jim Hurd. I guess Jim Hurd didn't want to do anything about what Ole's decision was. So Taker left and went straight to best. And uh, I just stayed there and, uh, you know, found it and just kept continuing putting up with the mess. Is is racism still prevalent today, Teddy? Have you know you've been in the business a long time? Has it gotten better, gotten worse, or or how would well, you um, I, summarize it right now? Well, I think I, I would I would summarize it. I think it has gotten better. I really found out. You know, I mean, it's it's still going on. It's going on everywhere. So you know, it ain't just professional wrestling. Uh, but like I said, I thought that it, I think it's gotten better because I, when I went to this, you know, I realized that you know this man is about the money about the dollar. He doesn't care if you're green, blue, red, yellow, black, whatever your color is. If you can make him a dollar, he's going to use you. So, you know, and I and I had, you know, to experience that at first hand, you know what I mean? I had no idea I would have went as far as I went, especially of being general manager running both of us shows. I mean, I, I, I didn't have the opportunity to run Raw, but maybe one night or two nights or something, but I did it. It did happen. So, uh, like I said, I think it's gotten better because in the WWE, you know, if you can make a dollar, you know, they're going to use you whatever your color is now. I can't say how people have their personal feelings. There's a lot of personal feelings involved, you know, with some people against other people, you know, and nothing you can do about that. That's just, just how they feel. But I would have to say in the WWE, I think it's gotten better. It, it, I don't know, man. It's just, I mean, what you're, you're, what you're, you're saying right now is just kind of like it's making me wonder about, you look at this company, WCW, and it's a, it's a company that that's, that was at the time owned by Turner, and and for this type of stuff to be going down, and then you know, well, it's my well they knew, they, you know what I mean? They they knew about some of this stuff, you know, whether they you know they refused to do anything about it. We even had a show one time in the uh, Atlanta Army, uh, and on that show that night there were no black wrestlers, period, no black. And we couldn't understand that. Why would you do that? We're Atlanta, Georgia. There's a black mayor, black police chief, everything. And you don't have not one black star on the car. And uh, we were going to try to go to Hank Aaron. We wanted to talk to him about it because we knew he was a friend of Ted Turner's, you know. And we figured if we could talk to Hank, maybe Hank could get to Ted and let Ted know what was going on. But Hank wouldn't, would never talk to us. So, you know, we just, that part of it, we, we, we just didn't understand you know, Teddy, you were talking a little bit about uh, Mean Mark, who, of course, became The Undertaker, and the story that, you know, he had red hair, and they told him he was, was, was never going to draw. Uh, obviously, you couldn't really envision him going on being the phenomenon that he became in the WWF as Undertaker, but could you see signs right. early early in his career that this guy, you know, he was big, he could move, he could bump? Did you kind of see signs well, early in his career that he was going to go on to be something special in this business? Well, of course I did, but I thought, you know, and it was, you know, I never did think about him maybe going to Vince because I think back then, you know, we, you know, this, this, the WWF was taboo. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So we we, right. we we wouldn't even he wouldn't even think about that way, you know. So I never even dreamed that he would go to WWF and be the big star that he was. But I thought that they would be more with him in WCW because when I managed him, you know, we he, we had a you know good little decent run. Paulie dangerously had him, you know, and the guy could do stuff. He was trained by Don Jardine. You know what I mean? I, some of these people just don't get it. They just don't get it, or maybe they do get it, and maybe they just, you know, going to have it their way and do their own thing. But uh, like I said, I, I could see him being something, you know, way back then. And I was happy to manage him, man. It was great for me. When you were at uh, WCW in the uh, the, the uh, early 90s there, Hulk Hogan came over to WCW. And uh, yeah. you talk about how how it went from, you know, pretty much you, you had the, the good old boy philosophy down at WCW, and all of a sudden – the big titan from New York, Hulk Hogan, comes in. Did, did things change for the better down at WCW? Well, I don't know because I wasn't there then. See, they sent me home from WCW, you know, and just told me they didn't have nothing for me. Okay. So they just sent me home, and they were just sending me a check every week. So I, I was told by Pee Wee Anderson, uh, which is deceased, not a referee, you know, and he, he never did tell me. But he to, he never did tell me who it was, but he told me, he said, hey, man, so you're going to have a problem here, he said, because – I just heard that they don't want that nigger Teddy Long on this on their TV. So that from then in, I, I I went on home and I stayed at home. And then Bill Watts came in, and uh, which I thought I was going to do something then, but didn't do anything there. I was working with Eric Bischoff at the time, and uh, I don't think Watts was a big fan of Eric Bischoff. So they used to pile a lot of work up on Eric. You know, they would make him do all this stuff, which he had to stay, like, after, you know, overnights and stuff, you know, taping voiceovers. We'd do, uh, uh, show, uh, do stuff for the other networks. And so Eric just was bogged down with work. And I would stay there with him, you know, until maybe 9 or 10 o'clock at night to help him so he could get through with his work. And uh, so I think Eric remembers that. And when he finally took over, you know what I mean, he went to give me the opportunity and was going to give me a break to roll and, and, and give me a push. And then I think Flair got to Eric, and then that cut that off. So that what happened then. I just went home doing that NWA thing. I wasn't even nowhere around. So I, I don't I, I don't know what it changed for the better or not. But they did start making money, you know what I mean. Then all of a sudden when NWA went cold, you know, they didn't know nothing else to do. They had no, no ideas, and they didn't know how. What are we going to follow NWO with? So that's when it started going down. They just didn't know what to do after NWO. Since your allegations, JJ, what was your thoughts on that interview clip? Well, that was uh, was something by uh, Teddy Long talking, of course, about, you know, racism and wrestling is something that has always been a part, uh, whether it was wrestling or, you know, in any sports or or just uh, in general in life. You know, there's always going to be certain people that have that old mentality. They're going to see things that if they're different, if they're not like what they are, then they're going to hate it. Then they're going to do everything they can to try to ruin the, you know, the other person or to make them feel like low dirt. And it's just sad to hear that. And it was cool to hear him talk about Vince McMahon and, you know, Vince didn't care, you know, if you were green or yellow or whatever, you know, if you could draw money, if you could make money for him, you know, he would use you regardless. And uh, I think that's, definitely a positive i mean you look at some of the guys who vince had maybe back in the day i you know very few i can think of maybe ernie ladd you know ernie ladd tony atlas rocky johnson who were you know tag team champions and 
you know, it's just, uh, it's just, it's great to know that the business has changed. Does racism still exist? Yeah. Yeah. Rest, of course, it still exists in wrestling and just in life in general. But it's nice to know there's been some improvements and some things just aren't tolerated and aren't put up with. And it's just amazing to hear some of those stories and, you know, guys just, you know, treating the way they did talent. And it's it's just a damn shame to hear. But uh, it's definitely good to know that it has changed and it is better. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, something that will always exist. But hopefully it will continue to improve and it will continue to improve in the next generations and to the point where, you know, guys – get opportunities because of the talent that they have, the abilities that they have, what they can present and bring to the table to make the a company or whatever situation better. That's what it's all about, people bringing out the best of themselves regardless of their skin color or ethnicity or how they look. You know, at the end of the day, it's all about making money. It's all about everyone getting a fair opportunity. So, I mean, uh, it's definitely some. I bet he could tell a lot more stories too if he could, but uh, – you know, unfortunately, it doesn't surprise me the way things were and the way some things are. You even hear stories of Alberto Del Rio say that, you know, racism still exists today, you know, in the WWE. Maybe it's hushed about, you know, they don't talk about it, but it's still there. And, you know, hopefully one day it won't be as a, you know, a presence that uh, that's strong in the company. And hopefully it'll die down more and more, you know, as the years go by. Dominic, what about you? What's your thoughts on what you heard about from Teddy? Yeah, you know, I hate to find out that there's still racism and all of that. And Michael P.S. Hayes is one of the big racists in the WWE. He's always making black jokes about Mark Henry. He's making Hispanic jokes, and he was doing it at Alberto Del Rio. Um, He's always referring to Mark Henry as a gorilla, using the N-word. I don't know how come... Michael Hayes still has a job for being a racist like that. Let's say he may be a free bird and whatever. But if Mark Henry's in the mood to beat the hell out of Michael Hayes, he could do it with ease. Yeah. Amen to that. Blackjack, what do you think? About, uh uh-oh, hold on one second. We should not have uh, racism in the year 2014 by any stretch. No, nope. and Teddy Long saying that there wasn't one black wrestler on that show. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, uh, Blackjack. Yeah, go ahead. Michael, Michael, oh, Michael P.S. Hayes is a man that I would love to have in my corner any day of the week. He wants. Uh, Backed me up in a place where it was like dominantly white uh, bar, and they didn't want to serve me. And he came. He said, "If you don't serve him, you know, we, we we leave." And I was getting into a conversation with people there, and he was going to back me up. And they wound up going, listening to what Michael Pierce Hayes what he said. So really, yeah. Well, where was where was this blackjack? It was it, it was uh, one of, off of one of the pay per views. It might have been someplace in Texas. I'm not even sure. I I, I traveled so much. I don't remember where it was, but I maybe someplace in Chicago, maybe or or, or, or off the outskirts or something. But uh-huh. he came. 
he came and backed me up. So there's no way that that man is racist. I can tell you, he came to my corner when I needed somebody. So if you guys say that, there's no way in the world. So whatever he says, he says it in, in jest. Okay. You know, I can say that for one time. This is, man, oh, my God. He was unbelievable. So I saw where he was at, you know. So he came to a black man's aid at that point in time. And I, I tell you, <laughs> I would have been in, in trouble. Oh, how many years? Blackjack, how many years are you going back? Oh, man. We're talking maybe 20 years back, maybe. Maybe more. <laughs> No, oh, okay. So this is when he was uh, in WCW. When he was part of, uh, I mean, he had. Um, he was. I don't. I I think he was just starting off in, in the WWE, or I don't think not even before he even uh, entered it in that reign, you know. But uh, there's one of the things that stand out in my mind as a man who you would want in in your corner to to back you up. You know, he came when he overheard stuff, and he he was right there for me. So there's no way that that man was ever racist or or, or any of his family. No way in the world. Uh, absolutely. Uh, okay, JJ, we had some other stuff to get into, like the uh, video game. There's some more news on the uh, video game, right? Yes, uh, of course. The WWE 2K15 video game, which was released uh, last week on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. It doesn't come out on next-gen systems until November 18th on PlayStation 4 and uh, Xbox One. And it was just announced a new feature that is exclusive to the next-gen console. So if you own a PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, uh, this feature does not, uh, is not uh, part of the 2K15 on those versions. It's only available exclusively on the new consoles. In fact, we even talked about it a, a few weeks back, how you can create your own wrestler. You can even try to create yourself and put yourself into the game, and maybe it wasn't 100%, you know, accurate and you could try if you have blue eyes if you have dark hair light hair you can try to create uh, a template of yourself and put yourself in the game but now you don't even have to do that because now in the next gen systems on playstation 4 and xbox one they're going to have a feature where you can take a photo of yourself scan it into the game you upload it and the game will take your face, and it will find a way to, to put that template of your face into the game so you can literally see yourself in oh the game. Oh, my God. So, I mean, they're going really very highly detailed with the technology of the future, uh, uh, the next uh, WWE 2K15, the release on the next-gen systems. They're taking it a step forward. That's going to be the, the consoles you're going to want to play it on to see those new features, the new creative suite. Uh, it's not a part of the old generation, like I said, the PlayStation 3, the Xbox 360. If you have W2K, it is not available on the old generation consoles. It's only available on the new generation consoles 
that come out November 18th. So it's a new feature. There's a video, which you can see. It takes you step-by-step. Step. Uh, one of the programmers uh, just took a picture of himself and then uploaded it into the game, and he was able to put his face on the wrestler model. So you're literally seeing yourself in the game. It's not just a caricature or a close resemblance. This is literally your face in the game. I mean, it is a, a remarkable thing that I saw, and it's a tremendous new feature in the game. So it's something that I'm sure lots of people are going to be very excited to try out. Uh, if I ever get a, a next-gen console, it's something that I'm definitely going to try out just because it's new. It's something that if you're a fan, if you always wanted to see yourself in the game, now you really will. It won't even be, you know, like I said, a caricature or something that looks close. This is literally your face in the game. So it is pretty amazing. What's the price of that? Well, the WWE 2K15 video game on the uh, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One yeah, it's about $60. So it's $60 to buy the game and to, uh, you know, find a way to take a picture of yourself and to upload it into the game. It doesn't cost anything to do that. But uh, if you want to download the DLC, some of the wrestlers, you have to pay for that depending on uh, what it is, whether it's a DLC pack or the new 2K Showcase pack in which we talked about how in the game, on the disc, uh, once you buy the game and you want to start playing, of course, it has a two-case uh, showcase that features a rivalry between CM Punk and John Cena, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H. But there's also going to be a future DLC that uh, you could be able to play as Mark Henry and all the inductees that he put into the uh, Hall of Pain. There's also another 2K showcase that features the feud between Randy Orton and Christian that happened a few years back in which they had traded so many matches over the World Heavyweight title. There's also going to be a special 2K showcase featuring the Ultimate Warrior, and you can relive some of Warrior's uh, great matches uh, when he won the Intercontinental title from the Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk Man will be in the game as well as a few other legends that were just announced that will be a part of the game, like Andre the Giant, Rick Rude, and uh, uh, Randy Savage, uh, Andre the Giant. So there's going to be lots of new things that you'll be able to play at future DLCs, but the game itself costs $60, and uh, that feature to, to scan yourself, it is a part of the game. It will be available uh, as soon as you you know are able to buy the game and the, the start playing it on your console. So it's a very exciting new feature. It's uh, brand new, never been done before in the past video games. So it's it's pretty amazing. And uh, when when will it be available? The next generation release for W2K15 on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One will be released uh, November 18th. November 18th, and it's in a few weeks, and. Uh... You as a video gamer, do you think it will uh, top uh, the last video game, 2K14? Uh, well, yes, I think, you know, the, especially the next generation console, that's going to be a complete game changer because I'm seeing a lot of reviews now for the game that was released last week for the old consoles for the PlayStation 3 and 360. A lot of people are complaining that even though it is a new game, even though they do have new wrestlers, even though the graphics are, you know, slightly better, for the most part, it does feel a lot 
like uh, the last game, 2K14. You know, there wasn't a lot of dramatic changes to the games on the old consoles, and that's because a lot of the time was focused on adapting it to the new consoles, and there's a lot of effort that goes in to the, the programmers on a new technology. You know, the new consoles have only really been around for a year now, and, I mean, they've had opportunities over several years to really develop uh, the old consoles. They've had so many games released on the PS3 and uh, Xbox 360, so they pretty much have that figured out, and they spent a lot of time really reprogramming the game. There's lots of new animation, uh, visual concepts. The developers have uh, came on and joined 2K, as well as uh, Ukes Media Interactive, who have been doing the WD video games for the past several years. So visual concepts really stepped up and did a lot and made a lot of changes to the next generation console. So that is definitely going to be the game that you want to play. I mean, there's nothing wrong with 2K15 on the old generations. It's still, you know, a, a pretty good game. But uh, if you want to see the real difference that visual concepts have made, you want to play the new one that will be released. November 18th, this is the one where the graphics are almost photorealistic. I mean, if you've seen the commercials that the WWE plays during Monday Night Raw, you've seen, uh, you know, trailers with, you know, John Cena running down the aisle. There's uh, lots of videos of the, the Usos, Brock Lesnar, uh, Bray Wyatt, The Shield. They're showing all these videos of the, the, the talent and how they look in the game, and it's really unbelievable, the attention, the detail, I mean, like I said, it's photorealistic. It's getting, I mean, it's so it's leaps and bounds above the last generation consoles. So it, that game, when it is released and people get a chance to play it, I really do think it will be better than uh, 2K14 last year, which is going to be tough because 2K14 last year was all about the 30 years of WrestleMania, and it took you back into replaying some of the most uh, historic moments in WrestleMania history, it also had a special feature where you had to take on The Undertaker and you can try to defeat the streak or you could defend the streak and you, you could play as The Undertaker and you can fight you know, a gauntlet of opponents and just try to keep the streak intact. And this year, like I said, they're focusing more on NXT and they're focusing on these rivalries these 2K showcases. So it's going to be a, a much different game, but I do think it's going to definitely pay off on the next generation systems. That really will, I think, uh, blow a lot of people away. Okay, uh, Rick Flair was being discussed with uh, here's some more Teddy Long. Well, let me ask you this uh, question, uh, Mr. Long. Back in um, the WCW, Ron Simmons became the first African-American World Heavyweight Champion of a national promotion. And you were there, and you were mm -hmm. part of that. Do you know the circumstances of how that came to be? Since at the time, Ole Anderson was there, and obviously you had problems with with Ole Anderson, and all, and, and now I'm hearing that Ric Flair didn't like you either. What was what, I mean? What's the heat there with with Flair? Why, what what is the Flair? I I, I have no. I, I have no idea what, what the heat was with there. All I know is that when I broke in, you know, I broke in under Kevin Sullivan and Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, God rest his soul. I used to ride with these two guys. And uh, the way I got discovered is when I was refereeing, I started riding with them. And uh, when I would ride with them, I told them about my background, about me being a disc jockey on a radio station, you know, when I was, when I was younger as a kid. And so they would say, 
to me, you know, what DJ for? So we get a twelve pack of beer, you know, and we all get to drinking and we ride into the next town. So once you know, I start turning the radio down and I start DJing for them. So then they found out I could talk, and so it was Kevin and Eddie Gilbert's idea to make me a manager because they knew that's what you know would have to be as a guy that could talk. I had I had no idea, you know, I didn't have a clue about it. So they went to Ric Flair, and they asked, he was running the place then, and they gave him the idea of me becoming a manager. Well, they came back and told me that Ric Flair hated it. He hated it. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want no part of it. Now, how it happened, I don't know. I think they convinced him. Maybe Jim Ross may have had something to do with it, too, for convincing him to use me. I don't know about that either. But I don't, like I said, I don't know how it happened. All I know is that finally... They put me in that role, and I started managing. So then after I started managing, doing good there, then they took, uh, they, let's see, who did I have? I think I had uh, Norman the Lunatic, maybe may have been the first guy that I started managing, and that was Mike Shaw, uh, which is deceased now, too. So I came out with him, and then I had Ice Train and uh, uh, Scott Norton, I believe, what his name was, uh, Fine Ice or something. Yep. I think yep. I managed those two guys. So after I got out there and started talking, you know, and I never would forget, I remember Gordon Soley come up to me and told me one time, he said, Teddy Long, he said, you're a wrestling's best kept secret because they didn't give me, you know, what I guess I should have been getting. I mean, maybe these guys knew. I didn't know. But but eventually, you know, with woman, Kevin's wife, Nancy, she was managing them when they had the hoods on. And so finally, they, I guess they wanted a black team, and they took the masks off of them, and they gave them to me. Now, one time, Mr. Barnett, God rest his soul, too, he's dead. Now, he came to me and told me, he said, Teddy Long, he said, the reason that we put the belt on you guys is because the NAACP had been calling PBS or whatever, wanting to know why there were no black champions. And he told me that's why they done that. Oh, wow. So it wasn't really, it, I, I hate to say it like this, but it wasn't about talent. Is more of no, a political no, no. move. No, and then after we, you know, and then after we got together and we did all this stuff, you know, with Blair and the limousine, where I was shoving him around and took him over to this neighborhood and butchering and beat him up. I mean, that was good stuff, man. People were liking that. Well, after Doom started getting over as heels, the people started cheering for us. You know, I remember one time I did an interview somewhere, and and the lady said to said to me, she said, I don't like Doom. But I love Teddy Long. Right. So, yeah. I don't understand. I mean, you like the team, and, and 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 you know, don't like the team, and like the manager. So you know, I never did understand that. But as the years went by, I understood. So you know, we 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 did that, and we got started getting over. So when the people started cheering us, and we started like becoming a babyface before we even turned, then they put us put a block to that. They didn't want that. They didn't want us being a babyface team. They didn't want the people cheering for us. It was like, you know, you don't cheer for the black guy. They're all heels. If you notice back in the day, they had one, maybe one babyface guy. It might have been, and that was Tony Atlas. And they gave him the opportunity to be that babyface guy, but he blew up because, I mean, this was stuff that he's talking to me about. He told me, you know, it was just, he just didn't have, you know, he just thought they needed him and he didn't need them. So that was his deal. So sometimes when you're a black guy in this sport and the business gives you the opportunity to get out there and do something, and when you get out there and mess up, and it hurts not only yourself, it hurts the other black guy, at least, because what they say in this business is, see, what I tell you, I told you about them black guys, see, if you put them out there and give them all this, that's what to do. So that's why I made sure is that when I got in my spot, 
when Vince gave me that opportunity, I made sure that I wouldn't I wouldn't mess up. I wasn't going to do nothing because I wanted to prove to this man that I appreciate you giving me the opportunity and I will not let you down. And all this stuff that you have heard about me and people saying no talent, I ain't this and that, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. And that's what I did. Has your relationship with Ric Flair improved over the years? Oh, yeah, I talked to him. You know, I'll never forget, you know, somebody that called me the N-word. I can't forget that, and especially at the right. time, you know, when I was, when, when, and, and I'm trying to feed my family just like you. You know what I mean? And so, you know, to come up and try to get rid of me to fire me and stop me from feeding my family, what did I ever do to you? You know, I, I want to live good, too. I want to live the American dream. So, I mean, like I said, I talk to him, I speak to him, but that's it, but I'll never forget that. Interesting uh, stuff, Double J. Uh, what's your thoughts on well, uh, Yeah, it's always very interesting when you hear stories about how guys, whether they're being held down, you know, they're supposed to be heels or they're supposed to be a certain way, but you give them an opportunity to perform, and, you know, the, the fans, it's up to the fans to decide whether or not they're going to continue to, to boo them or, or to cheer them. And in the case of Teddy Long, they were, you know, they were saying, hey, you know, we kind of like these guys. We don't maybe like what they're doing, but we like Teddy Long. There's something about him that he's very charismatic. He's very entertaining. You know, we like this guy. And they were starting to cheer him. So I think, you know, that's that's kind of cool where the fans were really coming along. They didn't just see the, oh, it's, you know, it's the black guys here. They're the heels. We're not supposed to like them or whatever. You know, they, the fans decided that, hey, we like these guys. We want to back them. And I think that's something we see a lot today where certain guys don't get pushes or they don't get opportunities, and then the fans really have to get behind someone just so that they can get that opportunity, and they don't give the promoters a, a chance to say, well, we can't promote them. Well, now you have to because now they're bringing fans to the table, and that's money, so you can't push money away. So you got to do whatever you can to get these guys and to put them and use them as often as you can. So it's pretty cool that Teddy just made the most of an opportunity, especially working with Vince. You know, Vince, you know, if he sees dollar signs, he's going to do whatever he can. And it is important, especially when you, you know, you're, you're from a certain background. If, you know, if one guy screws up, then it just it's a domino effect, and it'll cost other opportunity other opportunities to other guys. And everyone will say, "Oh, well, remember the last time we tried to give this guy a push or whatever, and we saw what happened." So, you know, you really do got to take the ball and you got to run with it. And you know, you got to hope and pray that you don't drop the ball, and you got to hope that you know, it gives gives guys in the future an opportunity to run and do and be as great or even do greater than what you did. So. uh it's definitely uh, very cool to hear these stories and to hear, you know, just what went on back in the day. Dominic, what about you? Well, maybe they, you know, the NCAA or whatever he said, that they wanted to have black champions, and it was doom. And he said it wasn't built on ability. It was because it was built on that they were black wrestlers and had to have a belt. But they had a wealth of ability anyway with Ron Simmons and Butch Reed. And why? Did, why? Because he's a black guy, they got to be booed. Years ago, early in the wrestling days with Bobo Brazil, Bobo was always cheered. He was never a bad guy. Neither was Sailor Ron Thomas, never a bad guy. Ernie Lasseter, never a bad guy. Mr. Universe, Earl Maynard, never a bad guy. They were they were always cheered. And and they were black guys. Sweet Daddy Seeky. Who yes, yeah, sweet daddy Seeky. Yeah, well 
he was a bad guy too, as well as a good guy. But a, a lot of the black stars were oh, a lot of a lot of them were fan favorites. That's up in this neck of the woods. Maybe different states had different rules for different wrestlers, but up here, the black guys were always the good guys. S.D. Jones, I don't think he was ever a bad guy. Right, who he passed away uh, like uh, five, ten years ago, didn't he? Yeah, buddy S.D. Yeah, he was he he was one of the best. Oh yeah, oh, in the yeah, ring and no very question. personable. S.D. would. Always give you an autograph. Always have time to talk to you. And actually, he was from one of the islands. That's right. Yeah, okay, he had that accent. Yonatech uh, allegedly has another job in the WWE. Let's take a listen to this clip and talk about it on the other one side. One last NXT note here, and it's a big one, uh, and that is The Undertaker was spotted at the NXT TV tapings this past week backstage. He's also been spotted at the Performance Center in recent weeks, and apparently he has told people that his new role, or a new role for him within WWE, is that he is going to be working with the developmental talent going forward as what is being deemed an advisor. So he's not a coach, he's not going to be moving to Orlando and getting in the ring with these guys like the other trainers, like Billy Gunn and Bill DeMott and all of them. Uh, But I think that's, that's incredible. I think it's an incredible opportunity for the guys at NXT uh, because you've got a guy like The Undertaker, who I'm sure all those guys look up to. He's this revered figure. He's been doing this for so long. And to have him available to you just to critique your matches or give you advice and pointers on what to do and what not to do, uh, I think is really cool. And quite frankly, just the idea, that, the visual in my mind of The Undertaker at the Performance Center giving advice and pointers to Kevin Steed or, or Kenta, it just blows my mind. So, uh, you know, Undertaker uh, doing that, I think, is really cool. I don't think it's necessarily confirmation of him being done, although every time some news or photo leaks of The Undertaker, and I just see him out there with his wife. I mean, look, Michelle McCool is constantly posting photos of her and The Undertaker on Instagram. So when these photos leak, like if you if you just want to see The Undertaker, in a natural, normal environment, just go to Michelle McCool's Instagram page. There's a whole bunch of photos up there. The guy's living life, right? Remember those old Michelle McCool segments on SmackDown? <laughs> the the I I I love life. She's loving life. Well, that's what Undertaker's doing, man. I mean, I don't know how much he's hurting these days, but he's out with his wife. He's living his life. He's going to football games now. He's going to help train some of the younger talent. If I didn't know any better, I would think this guy is done. And if he's done, what what a career he's had. Put him in the Hall of Fame next year. Let him work with the younger talent and and live out the rest of his days doing whatever the hell it is he wants to do. That's what I say. Look, I'm sure his body is so banged up, and there's been rumors that he's had certain surgeries. He may have had his hip replaced. I think Scott Hall kind of let the cat out of the bag on that when uh, he had made a comment in an interview that the doctor he went to for his hip replacement had done some kind of procedure on the Undertaker's hip where they were shaving it. I, I forgot what he said, but... There's no doubt in my mind that when that guy is done, which he may already be, he's going to have to have a whole bunch of things replaced. He's going to probably have to have another hip replacement on the other hip, maybe a knee replacement, a shoulder replacement. I mean, the guy is falling apart. And, you know, if he's done, then good. Let him let him have whatever work done he needs to have done so he feels, you know, normal again and can live life uh, the way he wants to live it. I mean, The Undertaker is a guy who's earned that. And... 
if his last match is a loss at WrestleMania to Brock Lesnar, yeah, it would have been cool for him to go out on a high note and, and ride off like a cowboy into the sunset, right, and have all the smoke billowing up, and when the smoke clears, he's gone. That would be a, a cool way for him to kind of cap off his career. But, you know, him going out with a loss, you know, the streak ended, and when the streak was over, that was it. Would have been nice if they had built that up previously by him saying that, that when that day comes that I lose, I'm done. He never did say that. Uh, but, yeah, the more I hear about The Undertaker, that's the impression I get, is that he may he may really be done. There may be no match at WrestleMania next year. KJ, give me your thoughts on what you just heard. Yeah, I mean, I agree uh, a lot with him. Uh, just the idea of thinking The Undertaker, someone who's always been sort of a locker room uh, leader, someone who you know, the guys could always look up to, who they highly regard and respect, and, you know, depending uh, if they're not too scared or intimidated by, you know, his presence, you know, they ask for advice. So I think it's great that now he has this position where he could really help develop, you know, the future of the WWE, the NXT guys, guys like uh, Kevin Steen or uh, Kenta or Prince Devitt, you know, even the guys over who have been in NXT for a little bit, like Sami Zayn, Adrian Neville, Tyler Breeze, uh, even Charlotte, Ric Flair's daughter. uh, A lot of these guys could really – you know, just help learn the psychology and just learn, you know, whatever they can. A lot of these guys are great talent. Uh, We just had Eric talk about, you know, guys who are great wrestlers, but they need to be marketable, and maybe Taker could help them with a thing or two. You know, I mean, you you take Taker, who we just heard from the Teddy Long thing, where all he looked at, oh, this guy's never going to be anything. I mean, he was someone who had it, but he just needed someone to, you know, see it and to bring it out of him, and he needed a character which he could really gravitate towards. And, you know, things just worked in the WWE, and he had this kind of crazy gimmick where he was an undertaker, you know, and it, it seems maybe kind of ridiculous at the time, and he didn't really say much, and he had Paul Bear do a lot of his speaking, and he dressed in black, and he had this big hat. But he made it work, and he made it believable. And, you know, you believed in The Undertaker and, you know, this myth and, you know, the legend of The Undertaker. And, you know, he made it feel so authentic. And, you know, I think a lot of the guys in NXT, they're still trying to find themselves and find their characters and they're you know, trying to develop, you know, who they are or who they're going to be by the time they make it to the main roster. And I think, you know, someone like Taker has a lot of knowledge that he can impart on these guys and he can help them be better. They're already great, you know, in-ring talents, but they need to do more than be just great wrestlers. They need to find a way to connect to the people and how they can be marketable themselves. And I think, you know, he definitely has a place in there. Again, whether or not he returns uh, at WrestleMania, I don't know. You know, as we pointed out, he has had a lot of surgeries. You know, there was that scare where he had to be rushed to the hospital during WrestleMania 30, and Vince had to leave the show. So, I mean, you know, that's, you know, it's pretty scary. At the end of the day, The Undertaker, you know, he's a, he's a normal guy, and, you know, we, you know, we worry about his health and his condition. We don't want him falling apart. We certainly don't want him to die in the middle of the ring. You know, we want this guy to be taken care of, and if that is his last match against Brock Lesnar, again, a lot of people not happy about it. They wanted him to go riding into the sunset undefeated. But at the same token, if Undertaker had his final match at WrestleMania, and let's say he won, would you remember his final match as much as you would remember the match where he lost? I mean, if he had a great match and won, that's awesome. If he had a bad match and still won. People say, well, at least, you know, the streak didn't end. The fact that he lost 
And even if the match was great or not good, whatever, the fact that he did lose is something nobody will ever forget. It's something that we will be talking about for the next 30 years when they're doing WrestleMania 60. People are still going to be talking about The Undertaker losing at the streak. It's something that's going to live forever, and that's special in its own way. Dominic, what about you? What's your thoughts on that? Well, I heard Undertaker may not be back for this year's WrestleMania because he is all banged up. But when he did show up at NXT, the the young guys were in awe, like, wow, the Undertaker's an icon, and he's here just checking on little old us. We ain't even on the main roster just to make sure we do good. Now, maybe Undertaker can um, give them a little boost and make them more marketable. But when you're a guy like... um, Kenta and Prince Devitt, you're already marketable. You're already somebody that people know. It's not like a new guy on the street that's just walking in and saying, all right, got to give this guy a gimmick, a costume, a fancy name. These guys are known by their names. And I think McMahon is a little greedy by wanting to change all these people around just so he can market them. Certain guys don't belong in... in, in uh, in the NXT. They belong to be put on the main roster. But Undertaker being working in NXT, he can do he can do everything for these people. Help them and whatever. And regarding the streak, if it had to be broken, it should not have been Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's the champion. We ain't even got a champion that goes to the shows. I think it should have been anybody else but Brock if the streak had to end. And Undertaker, I don't think he ever gave us a bad match. He carried the opponents a lot of times and made them look good. But be that as it may, I had heard that Undertaker was the one that gave the approval to pass the torch to Brock as the one to beat him. But I bet right now Undertaker's regretting that and saying, look what I did. My streak got broken by somebody that I wanted, and yet the guy don't even show up and misses four pay-per-views in a row, and he's never on Raw. Now the WWE's without a belt. I bet you Undertaker regrets that he ever made Brock Lesnar be the one to do that. Yeah, and uh, it went when we had too many champions. There were two world champions simultaneously, and now we don't get to see any champions. And now we don't have nothing. Yep. And everybody that wanted to see... The two heavyweight titles brought together. Now we're sorry they said that. They said at least we had the other one. Now we ain't got nothing. That's right. That's right. And uh, JJ, uh, that, that, that would be the SmackDown title. And speaking of SmackDown, aren't they supposed to move to Thursday? Yeah, there was a lot of talk that they were going to change and move to Thursday night. Uh, I think that was supposed to be starting sometime in October, but it hasn't happened yet. So I don't know if they decided to change their mind at the last minute. I don't know if there's something that they delayed and they're going to do at a later date. But right now I haven't heard anything about a move uh, to Thursday night. So for right now, down will be on you know every Friday night like it has been. So yeah, it's going to be on Friday. I don't think they're moving it to Thursday. They don't know what happened. They were going to do it. They even put the stuff on the trucks, and then they changed their mind. I think, they, I think they're going to stay on Friday. Thursday, we already got TNA, and we got uh, the Lucha Underground show. 
So we don't need another well, thing on Thursday. TNA is on Wednesdays now. Uh, Wednesdays, rather, is, yeah. is both of those shows. TNA and, the reason, and TNA is going to be re-upped on Spike. I read that today. They're thinking that they're going to come to terms with Spike and stay there. Stay in the Wednesday time slot. So from 8 to 9, you got Lucha Underground. And from 9 to 11, you got uh, TNA on Spike. Thursday, we don't need no wrestling. Let SmackDown stay where it was. And I, I think it is. I think that just was an idea that they kicked around while Impact was on on Thursday to go up against them. But now that well, Impact is on Wednesday, SmackDown has a reason to move. NXT is on Thursday. You can see it every night. It went head-to-head with Impact. Oh, see, I don't have the network, see? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Blackjack, what's I'd, your thoughts on the you Undertaker? You know, I'd rather see on Monday night two hours of Raw and one hour of NXT. Oh, oh see that? Uh, yes, yeah, they definitely should get rid of, you know, oversaturation of what killed WCW. Lord Fisher will tell you that uh, him bringing on Thunder was the worst thing uh, for the company because there was just too much. And, and I read uh, on the websites today that even on, on Monday Night Raw, that is three hours, there's even more commercials now than anything else. When it was two hours back in the yeah. day. They're showing more commercials now than ever. And Monday's yeah. more too much of the authority in every segment. Yeah. And you and actually it goes past three hours because it's over, you know, quarter past the hour. It doesn't end at 11 or nope. 10 or whatever. Last whatever night it went are. way over. That I only yeah. caught... Fifteen minutes of cheers, and then I went right on to Perry Mason. Right. So if you're going to DVR it, you got to at least put at least fifteen minutes just to be safe, because it never ever goes at uh Well, they shouldn't say never, but it hardly ends at eleven oh five. I don't remember yeah. the last time it ended at eleven oh five. Like it's uh, scheduled to in the uh, in the guide there, but. Uh, if you watch it over the weekend on that network where they give you Raw, SmackDown, and then Raw and SmackDown again, it's 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 three hours on the nose, and SmackDown is two hours on the nose. So they don't go overtime. Oh, really? Yep. And they took away uh, Raw AM, which was a Saturday night, two in the morning, where they would put everything in one hour on the USA network. So that is gone. I used to like that because uh, you got everything in one hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's gone. They have a program uh, on the network. On the network, they have a show called In the Week, in which it discusses all what happened in wrestling during the week. So that's something that is exclusive to the network now. Oh, that sounds like a good feature. Oh, yeah. No, no question about it. And uh, Blackjack, The Undertaker. Regardless uh, about anything, no matter how banged up he is, he will definitely be at Mania. How could he not be at Mania under some kind of capacity, either as a wrestler or to host WrestleMania, to do something? 
he's one of the the uh, next to Hogan's sake, you know, next to a warrior, Triple H, Stone Cold Austin, and uh, The Rock. You know, you say uh, Undertaker, it's, he's uh, he'll be involved with media one way or another. Now, getting back to Monday Night Raw, they went from green to red. What's up with that with uh, Orton? You guys didn't talk about it tonight. I'm kind of surprised. You saw some blood on Monday night. Yeah, yeah Randy Orton is supposed to be doing a movie, so he's out of the equation for a while. He won't be at Survivor. He's not on Team Cena. He's not on Team Authority. But what do you think about the blood uh, that we've seen that night, on Monday night? What about the blood, too? Yeah, I mean, when's the last time you've seen blood? Yeah, I know, especially they let it stay. Cesaro yes. was busted open, but they sealed his head when they went to uh, when they went to a commercial. Mm-hmm. That's why when they came back, there was there was there was no blood, but he got he got juiced hard way. He took six six staples to the skull backstage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was opened up by some elbows, some elbow shots. Yeah, yeah. But Randy Orton, I think, got cut on the announce table. Oh yes. Yeah? And it, there was a lot of blood, and they didn't cover it up. They didn't show a close-up, close-up, but they they made you see that there was enough blood there to make and they left it in. Yeah. I thought I would never see that again in realistic terms, but y- you know that there's going to be blood. There has well, to be. Never say never. There you go. There has Just to be. Like, McMahon's got to get rid of that radio and bring back the blood. He'll be back. So, JJ, do you have any stories on the uh, TNA and or Ring of Honor? Well, with, with TNA, actually, they have a new world heavyweight champion. Last week, Bobby Lashley uh, lost the TNA world heavyweight title to Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode is the new TNA world heavyweight champion. So, I mean, I didn't. I tried not to read the spoilers. So when I when I saw it. I was surprised. I was happy to see Rude was the champion. I know Bobby's kind of busy right now. He's doing a lot of MMA on the side. He's doing a lot of Bellator. He's undefeated in Bellator right now. But uh, it, was, it was great to see Bobby Rude. has been working really hard. He's had a, you know, a pretty good year in TNA. One thing a lot of people are talking about, though, is that, that you know, a TNA, a major TNA title change, and it wasn't at a pay-per-view. It was at impact and if you can think about it, the last few title changes have been on impact when bobby lashley won the TNA title it was on impact or no it was at uh what was that uh bound for glory or not bound for glory was that lockdown i think when he replaced with mvp there's just been a lot of title changes on impact so it really makes impact that show where you you have to see it because you don't have those pay-per-views those big uh, pay-per-views once a month you know, Impact is the show where if you miss it, you miss out. You miss out on a big title change. So yep. uh, there's definitely stuff going on with Impact right now. They're doing a uh, team tournament. We've seen uh, Samoa Joe, Loki have advanced uh, in the tournament. We're seeing, uh, I think, that the Wolves will be defending the tag titles. Uh, it's definitely very exciting to see what's going on in TNA. And, of course, uh you know, the knockouts, they have Havoc, who's the knockout champion. She's demolishing all the, the knockouts. We have Taryn Terrell, who's trying to reestablish herself 
as being one of the toughest knockouts in TNA. She's having these uh, grueling matches. She's in a feud right now with uh, the beautiful people in Madison Rain. So there's definitely a lot of things going on in TNA. Maybe there's too many things going on, and it's hard for people to really get drawn to a particular thing. But, you know, TNA is doing the best they can. I do hear that the guys are really motivated. You know, everybody in TNA right now is doing everything they can to make it the best it possibly can. You know, there were times where the guys were just looking out for themselves or they were just trying to collect a paycheck. But all the guys that are there right now really have what's best for TNA and to keep the promotion around for as long as possible. As Dominic pointed out, hopefully when – Spike renews them at the end of the year. That's one worry that will go away. And we can get back to focusing on the wrestling, get back to focusing on the product, and they can get back to focusing on bringing the best alternative to the WWE. Absolutely. And let's do it again next Tuesday, uh, same channel, same time. Thanks to uh, Blackjack. I'm glad you got in this time, Blackjack. Thank you. Yeah, man. I'm, thank you, brothers. My brothers, man. Great to Black be here. Blackjack, listen up. Brother Dominic. I was in PC Riches, and your friend Lewis Ford sends his regards. Oh, definitely. I grew up with him. I know that since we were eight years old. Yep. Yep. That's what he told me. Yes. Yep. Brother he says, JJ. He says, when you do the again. podcast next week, tell Blackjack I said hello. Yes, definitely. Oh, all right. Okay, everybody, we'll speak to you next time. Next time. Okay. Uh, good night, everybody. Hey, Have care, a good brother. week. Take it easy, good guys. Night. Take care. Okay, folks, don't forget this Thursday we have world-renowned um, body language expert uh, Susan Constantine will join us. Uh, she will talking about Yoren Van der Soot, who got knocked out in jail. Uh, she'll also talk about Wade Robson and uh, the Jody Arias retrial. Here is the top 10 WWE Raw moments I'll leave you with. And, uh, of course, thanks to Dominic, Blackjack, Eric Sims, JJ, and everybody. We'll speak to you on Thursday. Take care, everybody.
Thanks for getting eyes on the show and these ads. Eyes up.